I think my mindset shifted when I stopped competing and being competitive and comparing myself to others. And now I just like compare myself to myself. Like I want to outdo me. Like I'm my biggest competition. Like I don't care who you put in front of me. I know everything about myself. I know my good and I know my bad and I'm my biggest competition. What's going on, everyone? Emily Abadi here. You are listening to episode 260 of Hurdle, a wellness-focused podcast where I connect with everyone from your favorite athletes to top experts and industry CEOs about their highest highs, toughest moments, and everything in between. We all go through hurdles in life, and my goal through these discussions is to empower you to better navigate yours and move with intention so that you can stride toward your own big potential. And of course have some fun along the way. For today's episode number 260, I am chatting with Sophie Cunningham. She is a WNBA player for the Phoenix Mercury and honestly, an all-around powerhouse. We chat about so much goodness in today's episode, from what it was like growing up in Missouri and indulging in the farm life, to coming into her own as an athlete, what it felt like to put the blinders on, shut out the quote unquote haters and focus on her craft, working as hard as possible day in and day out through college all the way to the WNBA. Sophie talks to me about her passion for volunteering to lift up the next generation through both the tournament that she contributes to called the Sophie Cunningham Classic, as well as her work with young women's basketball teams. She also shared with me how amped she is to get her feet wet with some broadcast work, getting behind the mic to work with the Phoenix Suns broadcast team, a new venture for the 26-year-old. And of course, we talk about nutrition. We were brought together by her sponsor at Quest, so naturally, we talk about our favorite Quest bar flavors and how it feels for her to be playing in Phoenix alongside some of the greats in the game. I'm talking about both Diana Taurasi and Brittany Griner. Many of you know Brittany's story from over the past year, two years. Sophie opens up about what it was like to stand by her teammate and how they all truly have one another's backs. I love her attitude. I love how fierce she is. And most of all, I adore this conversation. Make sure if you're not yet subscribed to the Weekly Hurdle newsletter, get on that. Why not, right? Get some of the same motivation and inspiration that you love about the show directly in your inbox every single Friday. And the best part is it is absolutely free. Now, there is an option to become a paid subscriber. And I want to flag that I'm going to be sharing more subscriber-only content, paid subscriber-only content, in the coming weeks. Also, if you haven't done so yet, can you just do me a solid and rate the show. Give it five stars wherever you listen to your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Make sure you are subscribed to the show as well so you get this in your feed every single week. Over on the socials at Hurdle Podcast and also at Emily Abadi. And with that, let's get to it. Let's get to hurdling. (laughs) 
today I am sitting down with Sophie Cunningham. She is a pro WNBA player for the Phoenix Mercury. How are you doing today, Sophie? So good. I'm so excited for this and to chat with you a little bit. I am so excited for this too. You are a busy person by the nature of the fact that you typically play so many games every week. So I just want to like take a down step really quick and ask you, how are you doing really today? Well, thank you. I'm so happy you asked that because I think when you get when you are in the school, everyone's like, hey, how are you? Oh, good. Bye. You know, so it's just kind of a small talk. But um, to be honest, I'm good. Like it's hot here in Arizona. Um, I was at the pool yesterday. Um, my only downfall is I have a broken finger right now. It, it's part of it, but uh, no, my family's coming down soon. And so uh, I'm in a good spot. I'm happy. With the broken finger, how does that impact your game? And does that tweak you being able to get on the court? Not really, to be honest, because it's my offhand. And so um, if people watch me play, I have like a claw out there. Like it looks awful. And I should probably get my nails done because, you know, it's drawing attention, but whatever. But no, it, it's good. I mean, the, the pressure of the ball sometimes hurts, but when you're in it and your adrenaline's going, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. I've watched your, uh, like your shooting style lately and it is certainly a little bit different. Yeah. A a little bit. I, I, uh, let that thing fly. You know, I don't, sometimes I'm not set, you know, it it is what it is, but as long as it goes in, I'm not worried about it. (laughs) Is it safe to say that you love what you're doing right now? Oh my gosh. Yes. Like I just think, um, to be honest, uh, we're going through a heck of a year right now. We, uh, got a new head coach. We just got a new GM. We got new ownership last year um, with Matt Ishbia, and he's absolutely amazing. And the people he's brought in um, are really, really good people. And um, I think we're just kind of in that transition year where um, it's a grind right now. And it's just one of those years that you kind of have to find the joy in it, find the beauty. Um, it's definitely in a valley, but I think there's so much um, growth and, and so much beauty when, when you're struggling. And so, um, it's just kind of keeping that, that growth mindset, that positive mindset through these times. Um, it's definitely testing our character. Uh, but for me, I don't look at, um, failures as a negative thing. I think, um, when you're kind of going through it is when you learn a lot uh, about yourself and about the culture, um, and environment that you're working in. You're on the right podcast lady. So (laughs) talk to me a little bit about, where that mindset comes from for you. Have you always been the kind of person that's able to see the silver lining and the positives from a struggle? Or has this been a thought process or a mindset that has been acquired with time? Uh, it's definitely been our family are, are very positive people. We're actually farmers. Um, I grew up in Columbia, Missouri. And so uh, farming, it, it's there's a lot of beauty in it, but it's hard work. Like I think everyone in their life should go be a farmer for two days, two and a half days. And I think you'd have a different perspective on life just a little bit. But uh, our, our family, we're all very competitive. We have a, a lot of positive people, a lot of positive male figures in our life, a lot of positive uh, female figures in our life. And so me and my sister, we got very blessed with our environment environment growing up. And so, yeah, we always kind of saw the, the positive in things, but um, it's not always easy. And especially when you're really going through it, um, it's hard. Like before all-star break, I was like, what am I doing with my life? Like, this is not fun. I was going through a rut. I couldn't throw the ball into the ocean. I swear to God, I couldn't. And um, <laughs> I was just like, this is awful. Like, why, why did I work so hard for this? But for me, you know, I, I have a great faith in God and I know that Um, you know, you're not going to stay down there and you're learning something through those things. And so for me, that's what keeps me going. That's what keeps me motivated is because um, I'm learning something through these valleys and and through these hard times. And 
for me, I want to be a great leader. I want to be a great teammate. I want to be someone who's great in the community. And you're not always going to be on top. Not everything is always going to be rainbows and butterflies. And so I think that when you can really embrace those struggles, that's part of the story and that the struggle is what makes it even more beautiful. Definitely. No, totally makes sense. You talk about the sentiment. What did I work so hard for, for this? Why did I work so hard? And if it's going to be like this, talk to us a little bit about that work. When did you know that this was going to be the path that you would be pursuing? Yeah. Um, to be honest, I think from a very young age, I always wanted to be a professional basketball player. And um, I found success at a really young age. You know, even at the age of five, um, I was playing soccer on a boys team and the boys parents were getting mad at me and my parents were like, she's too aggressive. She's too physical. And my parents had to carry my birth certificate around and be like, no, she's actually the boys age. You know, she's just a, a great athlete. So, you know, give her some props a little bit. And so um, I wish I was better at school. I wish I took it more seriously because when I put my mind to something, I, I can do it. Right. But my mind was always making it to the WNBA. Uh, you know, there's a lot of ups and downs there. There's a lot of moments in, in high school that were hard. Uh, you missed out on a ton of things. There's a lot of stuff in college. There, there are people who were giving me threats to take my life and to take my parents' lives. Like I really stirred the pot in college. Like I don't know what I did, but I mean, it's part of it. Right. And, and then once I got here, you know, I think uh, through the struggle, my first couple of years in the WNBA, I really didn't play much. I was Diana Taurasi's sub. When she was hurt, I would go in. When she needed a breather, I, I went in and I've never been someone to come off the bench. And so it was like a whole new territory for me because I've always been a starter through high school, through college. And so it was something I had to learn. But through that process, I got in the gym every single day and I made sure I got 1% better. And so I stayed persistent, even though I didn't like where I was at, I still had to put in the work because I knew that eventually it was going to, my hard work was going to show and is going to pay off. And, um, during this rut a couple or a month ago, um, I had to have that same mindset I had five years ago because I was like, what the heck is going on? Like I, I'm known as a shooter and I seriously couldn't even make a layup. Like I have no idea what was going on. Uh, but mm. I still got in every day. Uh, and I just made sure that, um, I was putting in the work because the ball doesn't lie. And I hated putting in the work, but sometimes you have to still do it even when it's not fun. So much to double click on here. First and foremost, were people coming for you <laughs> because of the way that you played in high school? Um, that, um, I was just feisty. I still am, but really it was in college. I just didn't back down and I'm the ultimate competitor and I'm someone who loves to compete. And when I'm out on the floor, like I smile and I laugh. And like, if you say something to me, I'm coming right back at you. Like I'm someone who has to have the last word and I'm not saying that's a good thing. Um, <laughs> it's gotten me in trouble a couple of times. Uh, but that's who, that's what makes me me. Like I'm sassy. I'm feisty. I'm going to have my teams back and do whatever it takes to win. And so, uh, I'll never apologize for that. I remember I uh, was reading an article and Brittany Griner was talking about how she also has your back, right? I, I forget what game it was in, but someone had, uh, I think, like shoved you to the court and it was like all hands on deck. Like we've got your back yeah. just like you've got ours. Oh, yeah. And and that is such a fun um, environment to be a part of and a culture to be a part of is when you know uh, your whole team supports you and has you. Uh, then you can put your kind of neck on the line when something happens for them too. But when everyone has each other, it's a, it's a fun place to play in. Definitely. And, and you mentioned, you know, uh, and thank you for your vulnerability here talking about being in these difficult moments. Talk me through where your mind goes when these challenges arise. Is it straight to this place where you're like, all right, like put in the work, I've got this, whatever. Or do you have some time where you actually feel your feelings as well? 
Oh, sister, here we go. We're about to unpack this. Um, so normally I, I'm a very much like go with the flow type person. Like I, um, no matter what's going on, I want to have fun. I want to make sure people feel good. Um, that's just who I am. But I just started working with a sports psychologist because honestly, at this point, everyone is good. Everyone are elite athletes. I mean, we're in the toughest league in the whole entire world. And so what are you doing to set yourself apart? And for me, that's my mental game. Like if I, if my mental is on, I don't care who you put in front of me, I'm, I'm beating them. You know what I mean? But that's part of the process of what I'm going through right now is getting to that point. And so a couple of weeks ago, when I was in the rut, I called my sports site guy, poor Zach, he probably thinks I'm crazy. I've just started working with him. And I was like, I am in a rut and I think I'm going to kill someone. Like I have cried so much. I, I am just frustrated. Like, I don't know what is going on. And I don't, I'm not a crier and I, and I normally see the positives, but like for a couple of days, like I was just like in my feelings and to me, like looking back, it's funny now, but I'm so glad that I let myself go there because like, I let myself feel like that's part of this journey. And a part of being a professional athlete is you have thousands of thousands of people always watching your every single move. Like I can't go anywhere. It's a blessing. I can't go anywhere out here without someone being like, oh, are you Sophie from the Phoenix Mercury? And so like, you always have to dot your I's, cross your T's, you know what I mean? And so it's a lot of pressure sometimes. And so for me, just to kind of stay home and feel my feelings right down in my, my journal um, and honestly pray and just get away from people was probably the best thing I did. Um, and now I'm back, you know, like I let myself feel, put it aside and now here you go. You're, you're rewarded with the fact that you are allowing yourself to go through all of those different emotions. Clearly, working with this sports psychologist is certainly having an impact on you. Is this the first time that you've worked with a sports psychologist? And what would you say are some of the best takeaways that you've had from your collaboration so far? Yeah. Uh, no, it's not. We had a great sports psychologist in college, um, Scott Morton. She was absolutely phenomenal. Um, and she helped me a lot through college. And I think what I've taken away from her and from Zach and Brett Ledbetter so far is um, like, this is, this is life. Like you're not always going to be on top of the mountain. You're not always going to be in the valley. So you can't allow yourself to get so high and get so low. And it's okay to feel And the hard times are never going to last. The good times are never going to last. And so Um, I think for me, it's just putting my best foot forward every day. And if I can try to be better every single day, sometimes that's going to look different. It's going to look different every single day. Um, but if I am, am trying to be better every single day, then eventually this long journey, I'm going to get to, I want to be, and you know, I have a lot of goals, um, But again, I keep saying this, but it's so true because I think people think that when you're a professional athlete, that everything always goes your way and that you don't have hard days, you don't have hard months or hard years or hard seasons. And that's just not true at all. We're still human. And um, this is still our job and everyone's job is not always fun. And so um, it's just part of the beauty, putting your best foot forward every single day and trying to get 1% better every day. 1% better every day. I love that. You touched on the fact that you have a lot of eyes on you. Those eyes, the number of eyes have been growing every year, every season. Was there an adjustment period for that for you? Not really. I think um, I was like... I've always wanted to be honestly like a, a singer, like a country music singer. <laughs> like I always wanted to be on stage singing, you know, like having the crowd out in front of me. So I think I was like born to kind of entertain a little bit. Um, but with that, it's hard, man. Like you can't offend people who don't have an ego. And that's something that I've really held on to because when you have good games and you let all these people praise you and it makes you feel so good, 
Well, when you have a bad game, you're still going to look at these same people who are going to be, you know, kind of shitting on you a little bit. And they're, you're going to let that take to heart too. So I just kind of block it out. I try to be a positive influence with all my social medias. Um, I just try to bring um, light to people, bring a smile to people. And I try not to take it too seriously. Um, but then I think there are important topics like mental health um, and, and kids and teenagers who are in sport that need to hear things that are the truth. And so um, I think the older I get, I want to kind of take on that mentor role shift a little bit to help people with their journey. But also like, it's so fun. Like I think mental health people are always like, oh, it's so tight and scary to talk about. But I think it's honestly kind of really fun to talk about. Well, then let's talk about it. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> so what has your experience been when it comes to taking care of your mental health? Would you say that you've always been able, I know I asked you before about upkeeping with this positive mindset, but have you had experiences in your life where getting to that place has been challenging for you? Sometimes in the middle of season when you don't, uh, when you're traveling a lot and you can't get that balance is sometimes when it kind of turns into a grind. And you can't appreciate that you get to dribble orange basketball for a living. And so I've always been someone, I promise you, from a very, very young age, I think everyone's like, oh, she had to be a gym rat if she made it to the league. Or the way she shoots, she has to be in the gym six hours a day. And that's honestly the absolute opposite thing I ever did. Like I, when I went to practice and I got in my extra shots and when I'm in the, in the gym, I'm in the zone and I'm going 110%. No one is outworking me. I promise you that. But then when practice is done, I'm going straight to the pool. I'm going to the lake. I'm going somewhere outdoors. I'm hanging with my friends and I'm not doing anything with basketball. And I think that's why I have found success is because I have that healthy balance of I put in my work and, and I go super, super hard and I feel good about what I did. And then I get to go lay out at the pool, tan and, and turn my brain off and just enjoy life. And so I do think it is very important to kind of have that balance. So then what does mentorship look like for you right now when it comes to either speaking out about mental health or other topic areas that you are enthusiastic about? Yeah, I think um, just sharing uh, as much as well, we're traveling a ton right now, so it looks a little different than it does in the off season. Uh, But right now, I think it's just like kind of showing my day to day. Um, showing what I eat, showing what our practices look like. Uh, I'm at the pool all the time showing people like, Hey, you know, I'm here, I'm chilling. I'm getting my, um, my time in, um, my balance in. And for me, I have a lot of people reach out and I try to get back with them in the off season. Um, we host a Sophie Cunningham classic back home in Columbia, Missouri. And we make sure we talk with every team and make them ask us questions. Like, let us help mentor you because it is hard being a teenage girl, especially when you're tall and you have bigger shoulders than the guys and you have bigger muscles than the guys. Like it's hard. And sometimes it does take a a, a mental kind of beating on you because you just, you just don't feel girly or uh, you just feel bigger than everyone. But we're like, no sister, that is your superpower. And one day you are going to love your shoulders. You're going to love how tall you are. So embrace it and put your shoulders back. Did you go through a period where you had difficulty accepting yourself or what you had to offer? Honestly, this is so funny because I'm six one and I'm like anywhere from 165 to 172 pounds. Like I do not hide that. Like I am a specific, big girl. Specific range. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, the, well, it's, that's like, that's the range I'm always in. And I say 172 because <laughs> like that could be the highest, but I, I proudly say that. But I am so blessed because I had an aunt who was 6'3". My mom was 5'11". My grandma was 5'10". We have really tall, athletic women. And we're not, we're, not, we're not petite. 
And so they're always like, you know, embrace that. Like that is your superpower. Like this is what's going to make you stand out. And I think um, from a very young and our, our father figures, I also want, we always um, kind of are really hard on men, but my dad is the best girl dad that I have ever seen. My uncles are the best girl uncles. My grandpa, like everyone really embraced us and like put us on this pedestal to like be beautiful, strong, tall women. And that's going to be your superpower. That's what's going to make you stand out and and become who you want to be. And so uh, for me, I've just carried that message on. I tell young girls that all the time. And I also tell young boys that because I think that they deal with a lot of mental health issues that we don't give them credit for or try to help them as much. Um, and so for me, I do want to help the the young girls as much as possible, but I do think it is important to help the the young boys as well who are in sports. Yeah. Being able to open up about this stuff that they may not feel necessarily safe to do so all of the time. You mentioned in being a mentor that part of that for you is showing balance across your social platforms, showing both the practice and the hard efforts, but also kicking back as well. And you talked about what I eat. Talk to me a little bit about how at your height, your stature, your performance level, you are fueling on the regular. Okay, I'm going to start because I'm going to be I'm a very authentic person. Like I'm just going to throw it out there that I used to eat a Big Mac and um, 10 piece chicken McNuggets before games in college and high school. <laughs> like I was disgusting. And so um, I like I just didn't care. Like I was finding success. But when you're at a young age um, and you're in, at a fun college, like you're not really caring about what you put into your body. And about three years ago at the pro level, like I was like, dang, I'm feeling old. Like my knees are hurting. My back is hurting. I'm like, what is going on? And so I really started to like dial in on my, uh, on my diet. And I, I saw my body transform, especially this past year. Like I, I got tests to see what I'm sensitive to allergic to. I've really cleaned up my diet and I promise you, um, Everyone who knows me, they think it is like, I, they don't even know it's me anymore because I used to eat McDonald's, Wendy's, Taco Bell all the time. And now I'm like, <laughs> that stuff is so gross. Like, why are you eating that? Uh, but now um, I've been working with Quest a lot. Um, they've helped me get the protein I need. Uh, absolutely phenomenal. phenomenal. I, I really use them every single day with my coffee, uh, with my snacks, with bars, because we're traveling all the time. Um, and I'm making sure that I mean healthy, I mean clean, because that's what you need to treat your body like elite motors. And that's what I haven't been doing, but I have been doing the past couple of years. And I see a night and day difference in my game as well. For sure. I'm definitely a cookie dough quest girly. What's yours? Um, okay. So have you tried the new blueberry bar? No, I haven't yet. It, oh my gosh. It is like a blueberry muffin. Like, and I'm not someone who... Um, really likes all the protein stuff because like it, it's too chalky to me, but their new products that they have put out lately. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Like it is like a moist blueberry muffin. I'm not even kidding. So I'm going to send you some, you got to try it. Not kidding. Deal. Deal. You know, the <laughs> thing that's funny about you is I think uh, it's on your Twitter page. The, the caption is God and food are all yeah. you need. <laughs> yes, ma'am. I love that. I love that. So, okay. We're making sure that we're getting that protein in. Are you uh, big on hydration now as well? I am. And, uh, I set the record at Mizzou for the worst uh, hydration test of all sports of any year. And so again, like, I'm going to just be honest because I used to suck at it. I used to suck with my diet. Um, and now, especially living out here in Arizona, you've got to be on your hydration. And, um, I've had some back issues. I, 
tore both my elbows with um, some Tommy John, if you know what that is with baseball. So I'd have to get both of those done. And hydration plays a huge role in my recovery. So hydration and protein are my two biggest things that I've got to key in on. I just want to make sure that we uh, establish for those that may be out of the loop that Sophie is currently 26 and she feels old. (laughs) Hey, I'm starting to feel younger because I'm treating my body more like a temple. But, you know, there's those weekends where it's just, you know, you feel like you're 18 again, you know, and then (laughs) then you wake up and you feel 56. So we're trying to find that balance, you know, I'm more often than not feeling 56. So I hear you. I hear you. I have a few years on you. So then talk to us a little bit about what excites you right now with the work that you're doing both in and outside of basketball. All right. We'll start with in basketball. For me, I am 26. It is my fifth year in the league. And what is so exciting for me, and I'm not a patient person, and so it kind of sucks sometimes, but it's exciting right now that people don't reach their best basketball until they're 32 years old in the league. And so for me, like I'm making big strides. Um, I am staying here in the off season and I'm getting a trainer. I've worked on my diet. I'm in the weight room, my conditioning level. Um, I'm doing some NBA TV uh, for the Suns. And that's actually opened up my perspective of basketball off the court of, of watching film almost. And so there's a lot of exciting things on the court. Hopefully, you know, I can be a part of the 3v3 Olympics with the USA basketball. So I know I'll get a shot at that. And so there's a lot of exciting things basketball wise, but again, it's all nice and shiny, but you still have to put in the work and you have to get there. And so, um, I'm looking forward to that. I'd say off the court. Yeah. Yeah. Everything looks nice, but it's the journey of getting there and all the ups and downs and, um, but I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and then off the court, uh, I have two AU teams. They're called, uh, team Sophie Cunningham. And that is like one of my biggest things that I love is because I get to talk to these girls. I get to help mentor. Um, You get to go to all these tournaments around the country. Well, let me say all these guys get to go to all these country or all these tournaments around the country and they get all these gifts. They get like shoes, they get bags, they get all this gear and all that type of stuff. And we just didn't like growing up. I know like that was 10 years ago for me, but we just didn't get that stuff. And so uh, I'm an Adidas athlete. Uh, I'm also a quest athlete and now I get to kind of collab with these really two big companies and give it back to these girls who deserve it. And so, um, I, I get really excited about that. Um, and then I have the Sophie Cunningham classic, which is a all girls tournament pretty much. Um, and we get to throw, uh, a lot of, um, cool people are there. ESPN is going to be involved. Uh, we get to talk to these teams. We get to help mentor these girls. Um, and it's a very interactive, hands-on experience for these uh, young athletes. So it's super exciting, super fun. And um, I'm looking forward to it again this year. You touched on, you know, women playing their best basketball at age 32 and older. We've already mentioned Diana Taurasi and Brittany Griner. What is it like for you to play on a team with these two incredible humans? Oh gosh, there's just like not a lot of words to put into it because they are, Diane is the goat of the WNBA, of women's basketball in general. And so just to kind of get a little piece of her mind and her mentorship has been unbelievable. The way she thinks, like her and Kobe are on the same level. And I always try to tell people that because everyone knows Kobe, but she is the woman Kobe. And like, they are crazy, but they are so freaking smart at the same time. 
And then you have BG, who's the best post player in the whole world. And, um, you know, last year was super tough for her family, for her, uh, for us. And just to kind of have her back and see her smile and um, being able to play with one of the post, the best post players to ever go through women's basketball um, has also been super fun. But my relationships with both of them are so, so different. BG is, is more chill. She's more like me. She has a balance of when she's done with practice, she's done. And then D, you know, she's always thinking, she's always thinking how we can get better, what she can do to grow her game. And so just kind of having the balance of both of them have been fantastic. If you're comfortable talking about it, I'd be so interested to know from the inside looking out, like how Mm -hmm. just all of, I don't need to go into BG's story. I think everyone's familiar with it now, but now that you're in season, how that has impacted your team as you're kind of moving forward here. It is actually uh, kind of hilarious because we've had her back for a while. Like we see her every single day, but every time we play a new team, so we have 11 teams that we go to their home gym and every single time it's a new homecoming for BG. And so it's like hilarious because it's like 11 times it's over and over, which it is so well-deserved. Like the W fans totally deserve it. They got behind her. They got behind us. Um, and But it's just like funny to us because we're like, oh, we haven't been here. Here we go again, B. And so <laughs> she gets her standing ovation. She gets her wave, her, her moment of fame. And it's just hilarious. But um, to have her back and just to see the support that not only the W gave us, but the NBA, uh, men and women's soccer leagues, other sports, and then people who just aren't in sports has been absolutely unbelievable. And I know that people have their different views about it and I I get both sides of it, but uh, I think a lot of people only know 10% of the story and what really happened. And I promise you that if they had a loved one over there in that situation, that they would want them home regardless too. And so I think it is a great way to just show grace and love and to kind of hold your loved ones close because there's a lot of stuff that people just don't know. taking a break from today's episode to give some love to my sponsor at UCAN. Now, are you tired of the spike and crash and GI distress that comes with sugar-based sports nutrition? Well, then it is time that you give UCAN a try. I cannot get enough of their edge energy gel. It is my new go-to for my long run fueling. The strawberry banana flavor truly brings me back to my childhood. It feels like I'm eating my favorite yogurt from when I was, oh my God, I don't know, seven. Anyway, I am taking one of these every 30 to 45 minutes on the run and it helps me stay energized and give my muscles what they need to keep on moving to keep on performing at their best. I don't know if you know this, but some of the top marathon runners in the U.S., I'm talking Kira D'Amato, Emily Sisson, Sarah Hall, Emma Bates, they all fuel with UCAN. They rely on UCAN to power their training and their races. And come on, Kira literally just fueled her American record-setting half marathon with two Edge Energy gels during the race. And I talked to her personally. She told me she felt strong, and capable the entire time, plus zero stomach issues. Make sure you're giving your body what it needs. Come on, you deserve it. 
head on over to youcan.co slash hurdle to get an exclusive offer for the hurdle community. It's six edge samples, absolutely free. All you've got to pay is the cost of shipping. Again, that is youcan.co slash hurdle to claim this exclusive offer of six edge samples, absolutely free. Now, if you are already a fan of YouCan or you want to try some of their other products, you can save 20% on the full variety of their products by heading on over to youcan.co and using the code HURDLE at checkout. Again, that is youcan.co. Use code HURDLE at checkout for 20% off today. From the outside looking in, you can only make so many assumptions, right? But until you get on that face-to-face level with someone, you never really know what's going on behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's the screen if you're looking on Instagram, the TV, if you're watching your game on TV or whatever media and you're kind of taking a look through. Now, you uh, talked about the AU team, Sophie Cunningham, the Sophie Cunningham Classic. Can I just like stop you for a second? When you say stuff like that, like, does it shake you? Are you like, holy, isn't it insane? <laughs> No, because it is so like if people actually knew me and I promise you my best friends are like, if these kids just knew you or if like these fans just knew you, they would think you were the biggest dork. And I'm like, I know. And I'm like, I don't try to hide it. Like, I don't know. And I, I, that's like one of the first thing I tell people, like when they are like starstruck and I that's weird. Now, that's weird to say. But when they are, I'm just like, I promise you, I'm not that cool. Like, I swear you're probably way cooler than me. And so I just always just try to greet people with hugs and make them feel comfortable because I didn't have a WNBA player who was given back to us when we were younger. Like, I just think it's so cool being from um, the Midwest and being able to like go back and give back and show kids that even if it's not basketball, to like dream big, whatever is like setting your soul on fire, go for it. And that's my biggest thing for them. Who did you look up to when you were growing up and who would you say maybe some of your biggest mentors are now? Okay. That is a great question. I just have always been a super competitive kid. And so like when people are like, who did you look up to? I was just so dang stubborn. I was like, no one. Cause like, I'm going to be better than them. And I'm like, why am I like that? Why am I like that? Like be nicer, be, be better. <laughs> um, but if I had to pick one, I'd pick me a ham. Like, I thought I was going to be a soccer player. Uh, my sister uh, had the opportunity to play dual sport basketball in college, uh, basketball and soccer in college, and I actually did too. And I always wish that we would have done it. Like, I always think that would have been so kind of badass of us, but it's too much. So I think Mayhem was probably a mentor because she was just a badass woman, and um, she put USA's women's soccer on the map. Like, she was just like the it, you know? Now, I think mentorship, I don't have one specific person, but I have a lot of people from from different areas. So like, I don't know if that made sense. So I have like people for sport. I have people for life. I have people for my finances, for my mental health, for my diet, for doing outdoorsy stuff, for doing country stuff, for doing city stuff. Like I just like, the more that I get older, I just think it is so important to, to, um, not just choose one thing, like kind of get your hand in everything that you're passionate about, like try to learn as much as possible. And I think having a growth mindset in every little thing just like helps you be a, a well-rounded human. So yeah. I don't know if that's the answer you're looking for, but that's no, kind no. of what I, I mean. Do. What I'm, what I'm hearing you say in this is you went from this place where you were like, I'm not going to look up to anyone to now being someone who's so open to 
looking up to others and having mentors and asking for advice. So would you say, or can you articulate maybe like a point where that changed for you? Yeah, I think in college I was just like super competitive and like, I just wanted to, to, I feel like I just had so much to prove, but like for who, for what, right? Like I, I owe no one anything. Like my, I think my mindset shifted when I stopped competing and being competitive and comparing myself to others. And now I just like compare myself to myself. Like I want to outdo me. Like I'm my biggest competition. Like I don't care who you put in front of me. I know everything about myself. I know my good and I know my bad and I'm my biggest competition. And so I think that's when my mind shifted is because I stopped comparing myself to others. And I I don't even know how to explain it. Like I'm my biggest competition. And so I think the older that I'm getting, I just want to learn from successful people. Like I want to learn what they did to get where they're at. I want to find true happiness, true peace, true joy. Like I want to genuinely give back and help people be um, genuinely happy and successful. And I think that when you're just stuck in your own way, um, you're never going to get there. And so that's why I try to like learn and listen to as many people as possible who are successful or or where I want to be one day to see what they did and kind of take multiple pieces from different people and, and kind of take what I want and make it myself. Yeah, for sure. I really resonate with that. So for someone who may be listening to this, that really struggles with falling into the comparison trap, as we love to call it, do you have any advice for them? Man, I have been around the most famous people you can know, people who have a lot of money, um, people who might seem to have it all. And they're some of the most unhappiest humans that you will um, ever meet. And it's sad because, um, I had a a teammate who is a very well-known teammate and me as a rookie making $40,000, she came up to me and she goes, how are you so happy and full of life? Like what? I'm like, give me your millions of dollars and I'll be happy. Like let's switch lives for a second. And I just think that there are so many things, um, you can't put your your heart into to earthly things. I think for me, I rely a lot on my faith, and that's where my true joy and my um, my identity truly comes from is God. And I think that when you try to put your identity into basketball, into money, into fame, into being prettier or nicer or skinnier than all these other girls or even guys, um, you're always gonna feel empty. It's like chasing the wind. And so for me. Um, I put my identity in Christ, and I think that's what really keeps me um, grounded and what makes me be able to like truly be my authentic, happy self. It's interesting for me that I'm going to ask you this question because I don't have like a strong relationship necessarily, a, a strong religious affiliation, although I was raised Jewish. So with being on the road, with kind of being all over the place all the time, how do you anchor yourself in that religion and what do you do to kind of keep up with your faith? Yeah. And I I think that's a great point because a lot of people don't have religion, but I think for me, it's like love conquers all. And I think that when you can like truly love and when, when you say love, everyone's always like, Oh, like love other people. No, love yourself. Like love your flaws, love what makes you unique and you different because other people will be looking at you and wish they had that. And so I think for me, you do travel all over the place. And I've been here for two days and I'm about to leave for six more days. Right. So like, in, in season is just crazy. But for me, um, I just try to get a routine. I take my Bible with me everywhere. Sometimes I read it. Sometimes I don't. But I think the biggest thing for me is uh, be a light, like shine your light wherever you are and just try to be a positive influence. Because 
I do think love, when you can just love people where they're at and meet them where they're at, then that kind of show that helps them love themselves as well. And so it's hard, uh, especially when, when you are on this crazy schedule, like we are, it is hard to kind of have a routine and find a community of people that might have the same beliefs as you or, um, have the same morals as you. But at the end of the day, I think, um, when you can just love people, that's the biggest thing. Yeah. You know, when you said like, when you can get to a place where you just meet yourself with where you're at, it, rings to me or it makes me think about, you know, coming of age, right. And getting to this point where it's so easy during your teenage years to, like we were talking about, play that comparison game and judge yourself so harshly. Do you remember when you personally turned that corner and really just embraced what it was that you had to offer instead of judging yourself? Oh gosh, I'm laughing because I am such a late bloomer. Like, I promise you, I'm still like trying to glow up, you know, what the girls say, like glow up. <laughs> still because, to quote unquote, oh my God, I'm 26. I'm still like trying to like become the, you know, the best version of yourself, whatever. Um, but I think in high school, we just had a good group of boys and girls that um, there wasn't a lot of comparison, but you do find yourself in those times of, um, as an athlete in, in high school, when like you're going through that, the weird puberty age, like you, you just look weird, right? Like everyone goes through it and it's just like part of life. But I did find myself sometimes like, man, like I, I wish I was skinnier or like, why isn't my hair longer or thicker? Like why, why is her skin way clearer than mine? You know what I mean? Like you do find yourself going through those things and it's like, wait a second, if I was that petite or if I was that skinny, um, I'd be getting my butt kicked on the basketball court. Like I would not be who I was created to be. And so I think for me, it's just finding the strength within yourself and really like coming to terms and like enjoying who you are and like whatever makes you weird or different from everyone else. Like that's what's cool. That's what attracts people to you. And so I think just like embracing that and being confident and finding a really small, good group of people to like love you and support you regardless is, is huge, 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 huge. Aside from the fact that you say you're still in your glow up era, although I would say like you are glowing, what else (laughs) makes you unique and stellar and different from everybody else? Oh man, I I don't know if I would use all those terms, but I just don't try to fit in anymore. And I think that's so important for, um, I think young guys to hear because I think young athletes in general, male or female, um, you miss out on a lot of, a lot of stuff. Uh, you miss out on prom, you miss out on school dances. Um, you don't maybe get to go hang out or go to the the parties or whatever you want to call it uh, with all your people because you have games or, um, I remember AU ball. I wasn't home all summer. I was home for, um, three days, my junior year of, of summer. So you miss out on a bunch, but with great things comes with great sacrifice. And I think that that's something that I just had to like hang my hat on is like, I'm putting in the work for something greater and I might not see the benefits of it now, but in six years when I'm in the WNBA and I'm on ESPN and I get to do these cool things, I'll know that it's worth it. And so for me, um, sometimes you have to think big picture and then sometimes you have to think small picture. And so, um, I don't know. I just try not to fit anymore. I think when um, I'm, I laugh out on the court. I smile out on the court. I'm feisty on the court. And sometimes that gets me in trouble, but that's what makes me me. And that's why 
uh, the fans gather around me. That's why I love the fans because we're all a lot more alike than we think. So (laughs) (laughs) what would you say one of the most difficult sacrifices you've had to make in your come up in sport has been? A thousand, thousand percent being away from my, my family and friends. Like, um, I get to do really cool things. You know, you get to play in all these cool stadiums. You get to go to these cool cities. Uh, you get invited to cool events, yet you don't get to ever have your best friends coming along with you. You don't get to have your parents come along with you. And um, I'm someone who I got really blessed with a great family and a really good group of friends. And I miss them like crazy. And so if I could move all of them out here, it would be a million times better because I just know that people would out here in Phoenix would fall in love with my family and friends, just kind of how they fell in love with me. Uh, but I think just being away from home and missing out on weddings, missing out on your close friends having kids, um, missing out on family dinners, uh, friends hanging out, going to the lake. Like it is the small things and big things that um, it kind of sucks. But then again, you know, you can't live this lifestyle forever. So you have to embrace it and put your best foot forward. Put your best foot forward. How often would you say that you get back to where you grew up? Um, as much as possible. And so if I have a couple of days off, I'm going back home. And um, sometimes I wish I would go to Cabo and just hang out. But I know that going back home and seeing my friends and family is going to fill my cup up a lot more than, you know, probably tequila on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> heard, heard. Yeah. I mean, speaking of filling up your cup, what else do you do to take care of Sophie? Yeah. Um, I make sure I, I know I, I really do live a very like kind of simple life, like to, to fill my cup up and to make sure I'm in a good mental zone. I need to get to the pool. I need to get a tan. I need to maybe go to the hair salon and make sure my hair is a little blonder because if you look good, you play good. And, uh, I do need to get my nails done. I already showed you that, but, uh, outside of that, I think one of the other things that really makes me feel good is helping out with the Ronald McDonald house helping out with the boys and girls club, like giving back the children's hospital is a a huge big thing that I love to do. And it's just like, give to others that maybe things that they won't be able to do when they're older because of difficulties that they had to go through that I never got to go through, uh, or had to go through, I should say. And so I think giving back is really what um, helps my heart grow uh, fonder and helps me really enjoy where I'm at because sometimes it is easy to complain. It's easy to kind of get caught up in the grind. Uh, it's easy to, you know, kind of like sulk sometimes because you do get, you do miss out on so much, especially during the summertime and you get a lot of FOMO. It's like, what can I do to help someone else feel good? And then that's kind of what helps me feel good. Yeah. And especially in a sport where so often like y'all are traveling all over the place and even in the off season, uh, going overseas. So, you know, it's something that so many athletes, regardless of sport are are navigating all the time. Absolutely. And I think that's something a lot of people don't know is, um, WNBA players we're here from, you know, early May until mid October. And then you're shipped off overseas. You're in Turkey, Uh, used to be Russia, anywhere in Europe and Australia, and you're there for a solid seven months. And so that's where we make our money. That's where it's crazy because the WNBA is like the most elite level basketball, but you get paid the worst. And so that's why you have to go overseas in order to, you know, kind of to make your money. How has that experience been for you traveling overseas? (laughs) Yeah, I am the wrong person to ask this. (laughs) I mean, it is what it is. Uh, I think my rookie year, I went over to Australia 
absolutely fantastic. Loved it. Loved the culture. My sister actually came with me. Uh, we had like the time of our lives. Um, and then COVID happened. Uh, and then my third year I went over to France, um, had a, had a, loved the girls, had a good experience, got injured. And once you get injured over there, they don't want anything to do with you. And so my good experience turned bad really quick. Um, and then after that, I was like done. Like I just, it just wasn't my thing. Um, I, I don't know. I just feel like I wanted to train. I wanted to be home. My grandparents are getting older, you know, and they have a huge family farm. And so I wanted to help out there as much as possible. And then last year, um, when I just kind of hurt my other elbow, uh, I just decided to stay out here in Arizona and I kind of got into broadcasting. Um, and I absolutely loved it. And so I'm going to probably be doing that and training, um, the off season from here on out. I love that. I love that. Just for context, can you give us some examples of things that you are doing on the farm? <laughs> oh my gosh, girl, we, I should have brought you out there and we could have done it firsthand, but, um, okay. So, uh, depends on the season. So we have uh, planting season and harvesting season. And so planting season, like you're out in the fields until like 6am, <clears throat> excuse me, 6am until, you know, probably around seven, whenever it gets dark. So not bad, but my first year, like legit farming, farming was during COVID. And like, we used to go out there just like for, you know, gigs and whatnot, and not like really do anything like, Oh, we were on the farm helping our, our pawpaw. But during COVID, we were actually like farming and we had to get up at like 5 a.m. and do not go to sleep until 1 a.m. And my grandpa was like 79 years old doing this, you know, since he was six years old. And I'm like, I don't know. He's way stronger than me. Just like he just has a I don't know. Farmers are just smart because they have to know a little bit about um, the economy, the weather, uh, plant, like all that type of stuff. And I just I just didn't realize how hard it was. And I will never be a farmer again. <laughs> just a little insight into what farming looks like for the WNBA's Sophie. Coming oh, All right. So well, right now, I know we talked a little bit about social media and Instagram before you've got something like 118,000 followers on Instagram. When they come to your page, they see a WNBA player. They see an Adidas athlete. When you look in the mirror, what is it that you see looking back at you? I love, I love that question. When I look at myself in the mirror, I'm proud of everything I've been through, uh, but I'm not satisfied. Like I want to, I just have so many goals that I haven't accomplished, but I'm also just so grateful and so happy with, with where I'm at. And then, like I said, it's not always easy. Um, and there's hard days. There's things that just don't go my way. or I don't feel like it's fair. Uh, but at the end of the day, I'm very blessed. And I'm very grateful. And I'm just here to give back. And so I hope when people come to my page, they feel a sense of happiness. They feel like uh, they belong there. When I look in the mirror, I see a lot of growth. I see where I want to be, but I'm content, but not satisfied. And so I don't know. I, again, I'm a hot mess. I see a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> content, but not satisfied. You know, that's the second time in our conversation today that you said, I have a lot of goals. Do you care to elaborate? Um, I'll give you one. We don't have to give away all the secrets. It's cool. No, no. I, there's just been something in my gut ever since I was a young girl that I want to be an Olympian. Like I just want to be an Olympian. And so that is a main goal of mine. Um, I don't care if it's three v three. I don't care if it's five on five. Like I don't care what it is, but I, I want a gold medal. And so that is a goal and you best believe I'm going to be working my tail off until I get it. 
I love that. I love that. You know, it's uh, one of those things that you put it into the universe and the universe conspires to work with you to get you to where you want to be. So I doubt that's the first time you've said that out loud. But now all of these people that are listening are going to help <laughs> hold you accountable and they're going to want it for you as well. Okay. But if I don't, then you guys can just meet me at the pool and we can hang out and we can watch the Olympics. So. <laughs> We're going to Arizona. Okay, cool. Yeah. Perfect. I already asked you like what excites you right now, but what else are you looking forward to in the immediate future besides working your tail off to get maybe to Paris or who knows else? LA 2028? Man, uh, I think getting my feet a little bit more wet in the broadcasting industry. Um, I think I have a great opportunity here with the Suns. They have a a stacked roster this year, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of hype around the Valley out here in Arizona. I just think uh, getting my feet wet in industries that I think I'll want to do when I'm done playing basketball, which Mm -hmm. is another, you know, 50 years, right? Like I don't want to retire anytime soon, but I do think the, the broadcasting area is kind of where I want to go. And so just trying to get better at that. It's a lot harder than it looks. And to be honest, I tried starting a podcast and that's hard too. like being flowy and, and getting your questions on, on par and doing all that. Like you do a fantastic job and it's a lot harder than people think it is. So, You're so sweet. snaps to you, sis. Thank <laughs> you. Well, you and I can jam about podcasting whenever you want. We'll have to have a one-on-one. I'm here to help. I'm here to mentor you, Sophie. There we go. See? <laughs> <laughs> All right, girl. Well, right now you have an opportunity to offer yourself a piece of advice. Let's go back. You talked about that rut that you were in not all that long ago. You knowing what you know now, you have an opportunity to offer yourself a piece of advice going through a period where you're just not satisfied with the work that you're putting out. What do you tell yourself during that hurdle moment? For me, I'm just stubborn. And I, I don't have patience. And that's something that I know I need to work on. Like everyone knows that. But for me, even though I'm frustrated and annoyed, my piece of advice is still put in the work. Even if the work is ugly, even if you know, you're in the gym and you're not making your shots, at least you're in there. At least you're like putting in the work. And I do feel like that if you um, are the hardest worker and you genuinely want to um, get better and, and put in that work, it's not always fun, but you have to. Uh, then the ball won't lie and you're not going to be stuck in a rut forever. And I think that's the biggest advice that they gave me at this time. They were like, my mentors were like laughing at me because I knew how frustrated and they're like, girl, this happens to everyone. Like you're, I'm like, I'm going to like stay like this for like ever. Cause I'm just drama, you know? And they're like, no, like this happens to everyone. Just keep putting in the work. Like you're fine. It's not going to last forever. Um, and I think that's the biggest piece of advice is don't get too high. Don't don't get too high. Don't get too low. Sophie Cunningham. So happy that we were able to make this happen. A huge spot. A huge thank you to your sponsor at Quest for connecting us. For those of the hurdlers, that's what I call my audience that don't follow along with you just yet. How do they keep up with you? How do they follow along with you? Give us your details. Oh my gosh. Well, um, you can go to my Instagram. You can go to my TikTok. I promise you that people might think I'm feisty, but we have a good time on the socials. We are very authentic. We want to help. We want to become friends over there. And so it's um, Sophie underscore Seaham. I'm over at Emily Abadi and at Hurdle Podcast. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time.